Let's go again! What are your superpowers again? I've got an 18-inch Kong here. Think, Mark! This is not facts. I'm, I'm stating facts just because it's my opinion. And my opinion is facts. I'm not a big fan of nudity in television and movies. Most of the time it's just for... They're like, I had a blast, and I'm having a great time. I'm glad they did, but the only thing I had a blast in was in my pants when the credits rolled and it was over. And his name is John C. Oh, da-da-da-da, like this in the background. Do I want... No! No! Don't shut me up! Oh, good for you! Listening to Filmmaker Mike and the Boys. Yo, everyone, you're listening to Filmmaker Mike and the Boys. Joining me for this episode is the one and only Pinhead. There we go. You're going to need that tonight because. <laughs> It was a frustrating week, and I'll tell you. <laughs> All righty. Well, Jar Jar Binks isn't a Sith Lord, but holy <laughs> shit, he's a Jedi. And not just any Jedi, the sabered hand. Keller and See, I'm glad you said something because I was like, who the fuck is this 99 cent store knockoff Mace Windu? I'm like, I don't know who the fuck this guy is. <laughs> yeah, so man, I was watching it, and everyone... It's pretty much expecting like, oh, we're gonna see Anakin. We're gonna see Anakin again because it's Order sixty six. Because Dave Filoni yeah. loves to flaunt that trauma shit to all the prequel lovers. Like, I oh, remember Order sixty six. Here you go. Here's more traumatizing shit from Order sixty six. But no, and that's the thing. It reminded me of um, Dave Filoni. Uh, as much as a fan, uh, he is uh, a big fan. He knows um, what the fans want. And yet we could, although we could have gotten, uh, we could have seen more of Anakin, aka Darth Vader, uh, during the Order sixty six. He actually gave us something even better, um, and he gave us the return, the grand return of Ahmed Best, uh, not not as Jar Jar Binks, but as a Jedi, Kelleran Beck, um, who I guess yeah, his character uh, was introduced in a in a Jedi like Padawan game show. And now they put that character into canon by not just being any Jedi, but being the Jedi that saved Grogu himself <laughs> from the Jedi Temple, Order Order 66. Man, I was cheering. I was so excited. I was like, there's no one else who deserves it most because I'm at best. Unfortunately, you know, there, there may be fans out there listening, Star Wars fans or even casual fans, who may have not grown up with the prequels or maybe may not be old enough to remember. But when episode one, The Phantom Menace came out, the hate that Jar Jar Binks got was on another level. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, you don't you, like, and like you know, just when everyone thought like The Last Jedi, like, oh, I don't like, I don't like, uh, what's her name? Rose. Was it Rose? Yeah, Rose yeah. Tico. Rose Tico. Oh like, why, why? Why did she have to live? Why couldn't her, hot, her hotter sister live? Uh, yeah, Paige, Paige Tico. <laughs> yeah, 
bitch. And you know, and just when I thought like uh, I've seen the worst in Star Wars, quote unquote, fans during the prequels, holy shit, the sequel trilogy brought it to another level. Um, with granted, there was um, there was already message boards and forums uh, back in '99, but not uh, we didn't have social media then. So now, you know, when the sequel trilogy came out, especially the Last Jedi. Every every Star Wars fan's favorite movie to talk about, uh, you know, <laughs> it's pushed it to another level. And I was like, holy shit, I thought we were past this. But of course, there's no way we, we're just going to keep going. Like, you know, anyway. Yeah, it's, pro- it's probably for the better we didn't have social media like we did, like oh, yeah. we do now back then, because he would have got him and the kid that played Anakin would have got way worse than, and they right. already got bad enough, but it would have been even worse. Exactly. Especially and, um, with Twitter running the muck. Right, right. And just, just for context, um, Ahmed Best, recent, I don't know if it was, it was recent, this may have been a few years now, but he did reveal, he did talk about years ago, he was considering jumping off the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah. Because, you know, he thought his life was over, his career was over as an actor because of what, you know, what happened during episode one and that, you know, um, he received so much hate uh, for a performance that he was, you know, a job that he was hired to do. Yeah. And, and I, you know, even I was a teenager when episode one was released. I was like 13 or 14 years old. I didn't mind him. I thought he was funny and I thought he was great. As an actor, I thought he did. Um, George Lucas was really impressed with him, of course, because 99, when, when they were filming Phantom Menace around 97, 98, they were trying to, that was the first, Jar Jar Binks was like the first, one of the first photorealistic characters to be merged on screen with digital effects. And so it kind of annoyed me when uh, the that episode of The Mandalorian dropped um, The Foundling, which features Keller and Beck. A lot of news sources, I think it was IGN, was like, Ahmed Best voice, he didn't voice Jar Jar Binks. And I'm like, he just didn't voice Jar Jar Binks. He is Jar Jar Binks. He was on the set. He was on camera performing and doing all the physical, you know, uh, physical performances, he was right there beside Liam Neeson and Ewan McGregor, you know, when yeah. they were filming. So he did. He he didn't just do the voice. He did the voice in the Clone Wars, yes, but for Episode One and even uh, Episode Two and Three, he was there physically. And yes, we know it was pretty obvious that George Lucas, you know, toned down Jar Jar Binks with Episode Two and Three. But Episode One, it was his way of. Um, Trying to, because when he was making, when he was writing, and then uh, when they were making episode one, George Lucas' kids were young, so he was trying to create a character that would connect not just to his kids, but to kids that would be seeing this movie. Uh, yeah, you know. So, yeah, um, it was a fantastic scene. That the whole episode was fantastic because the previous episode, Kuya's favorite filler episode of the season <laughs> so far, you know. Um, just when everyone thought, oh, you guys didn't get enough Mandalorian last last week, huh? Well, here's a big Mandalorian dick of an episode of content you're going to get. <laughs> Not just that, you're going to get the Jedi who saved Rogu. And a fantastic chase sequence across uh, Coruscant uh, on a speeder. And little Grogu is like riding on the on the side right there and being chased down by clone troopers on a gunship. And by the way, the clone troopers, the shock, tro- the red shock troopers, and the five hundred first legion clone troopers, um, 
are actually great to see in live action because in the prequels, a lot of pretty much those clone troopers were digital. But here we're seeing them in live action with actual armor, you know, that, that they handcrafted and made. And it's not just digital. And there's just something about having stuff made and like re- being there, like really existing, you know? Yeah. Practical effects are always. Exactly. Uh, like, just... CGI is great, but you know, this oversaturation of it's getting a little old. I like practical stuff, right. especially in horror. Exactly. And there's still. You see, you see the hard work that these people are putting in that way. Right. And the, the, there's still something about the human eye can still tell the difference of what's real, even if you're just watching it on screen and what's not. You can mm-hmm. still tell the difference. And I don't mind CGI. I don't mind special effects. A lot of movies that we watch nowadays use them. But I, I think it's all about using it in the proper way where you can't even tell. Exactly. Then, you know, then that's the best way to use it, right? And when so, the visuals are shitty, that makes it even worse because you're like, I know exactly. that it's CGI. Don't like, come on. You guys know it's this is phoned in. So, right. And the common phrase is, oh, it looks like it looks like a video game. You know, it looks like a video yeah. game. So, uh, but yeah, a fantastic episode. Um, and just when I thought, you know, they could have cut it right where he, he takes Grogu. No, they just keep going. And I was like, oh, shit, this is this is fantastic because we're getting a good chunk of a missing part of that flashback story of Grogu, like when, when he escaped uh, Order 66. So, um, yeah, Keller and Beck took him, uh, pretty much took him to uh, a, a landing pad with a Naboo, what looks like a Naboo starship because there were Naboo guards there. And it looks like they had some connection with the Naboo, uh, the Queen of Naboo. Um, but before you know it, the gunship arrives, the clone troopers shoot shoot them off. Keller and Beck and Grogu get in the ship and launch into hyperspace, and then it cuts out. And of course, um, the armorer is making a brand new uh, piece of armor. His his flavor flav. <laughs> I was gonna say he gave him a hip. She gave him a hip hop fucking spinner, like <laughs> right. And I'm like, that looks that looks damn heavy. <laughs> I yeah. was gonna be jumping around, but I guess he's fine. He'll still be able to be jumping, force jumping around. And yeah, at the beginning, I thought it was cool. The whole training, uh, the darts, the, the whole dart thing. I was like, how is he going to go up against uh, this kid? Against uh, Paz Vizsla's kid. But he did. So I was like, that's well, what that cool. is 70s kung fu moves, dude. Just... Yeah. Like, I, thought it was, I thought it was interesting. A lot of people online were like, why did the Mandalorians pick such a shitty planet to live in with all those creatures? And I'm like, it doesn't fucking matter. They're Mandalorians. They're gonna deal with that shit. Like, yeah. what are they gonna do? Like, you know. Um, but I, I, I love the episode from start to finish. It showed us more of the Mandalorian culture and the fact that they had to save the foundling. Um, and yeah, they, they're, they're jetpacks when they're chasing after that that mama flying dragon dinosaur, whatever. <laughs> Their jetpacks ran out of fuel, and then Bo-Katan is like in her ship, like chasing after it. I'm like, oh yeah, she's got a ship. So yeah, she's good. <laughs> but yeah, really fantastic. Uh, you know, and it was a great way of showing like and and make, not really making up because they they've already written and filmed this long beforehand. Um, but it's interesting because there were connections to Kuya's favorite filler episode. With when they showed the top of the the highest mountain peak on Coruscant, 
it was featured right in that next episode. It's like, oh shit, they're they were right there. Like, interesting. So, what would you think of the episode? I thought it was good. Um, I didn't like the last episode as much as I do this one. Okay, I didn't hate it. I don't. It was borderline borderlining on filler, but it wasn't filler because <laughs> filler is is when you're it's self-explanatory is when you're literally filling in spots for an episode because you have nothing else to do like there's no purpose to it there's literally no purpose to the episode it's just to fill out time and to fill out an episode so you can continue 10 15 whatever you have for that season so I'm I'm not gonna go that far, but the, the the current episode was a lot better. I had a lot more, especially with the action that happened. Not only that, for someone like me who's not well versed in Star Wars like I am Star Trek, or well versed in it like you guys, it was nice to see the flashback and get some context of what where we're going with this shit. Because there's nothing that I hate more than watching a show that goes nowhere. So this kind of gave me a little bit more of a, okay, now I understand where we're going. Now I understand where his overall, I'm starting to understand where his overall place in this universe fits in. So it makes a little bit more sense. So I thought overall it was good. I'm, I'm impressed with how, <laughs> I can't believe I can say this. I'm impressed with how good Mandalorian has been on top of the fact that the following day we get good Picard. Ah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's really blowing my mind because they've been neck and neck as far as quality is concerned, and they're both going to end at the same time. So, because oh. yeah, because the finale day that happens with Mandalorian the following night, it'll be the finale, the finale, finale of Picard. Okay. So it really works out very well for me. And so far, these two have been neck and neck with each other. Just great, really good writing and some really good directing. I've been pleasantly surprised because everybody's like, well, oh, the Mandalorian has shit the bed and it's at the lowest quality it's ever been. And I've heard this from a lot of people. It's not like these dirt sheets. Excuse me. These dirt sheets that love to and these YouTube channels love to do this shit to get clicks. Right. So when they sit there for half an hour and complain about a show that they admittedly don't watch half the time, <laughs> I, it's always a dissertation about how the thing's gone into the garbage, it's gone into the shitter, it's not a very good show anymore. But, you know, I don't watch it, though, so I wouldn't know. I'm just right. speculating <laughs> from the hearsay that other people tell me. Right. It's like, shut the fuck up. If you watch it and you don't like it, that's one thing. But if you're criticizing a show you're not even fucking watching, just shut the fuck up, please. Yeah. Let people enjoy what they either let people enjoy what they want to enjoy or not enjoy what. But if you're gonna have an opinion on something, watch it. Right. You know, Bob Bob's brother's brother's sister-in-law told me that this happened, so it sucks. Did you watch it? No, but Bob, shut up. So yeah. it's like, but this, all in all, it was a good episode. I, I I like it because it's 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 making me intrigued and wanting to see what will happen in the next couple of episodes, especially with the Mythosaur storyline. Yeah, 
and how that works out. I mean, are we going to get a new age of Mandalore now or, you know, right. Right. Cause that was hinted at in the episode too. Of, you know, this is the new, this could be the new age. So I'm very interested to see where that portion of the storyline goes. So they did their job as far as I'm inter- intrigued to see what happens next. I'm very right. intrigued. Yeah. Um, yeah, to, to uh, the other people, people seem to forget when the Mandalorian season one dropped in 2019, we were coming off of the rise of Skywalker. And a lot of people who were like, yeah, the sequel trilogy was meh. And the Mandalorian actually restored a lot of faith for Star Wars fans. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but you know, you don't, you don't like it or you don't think that's good. By, by all means, please show me your better answer to Star Wars right now. Yep. The Mandalorian, whether you like it or not, from season one to season three, has been able to restore the faith of the, the especially the OG fans. I'm talking about the OG fans who were there as kids or even perhaps grown-ups in the 70s, the 80s, uh, and the 80s watching the original trilogy and then, you know, coming full circle to all of this. Um but yeah, uh, the the pirate was a fantastic episode. Uh, you got Carson Tiva, uh, who's investigating and finding out like what's going on. And again, going back to Kuya's favorite, see if we didn't get that quote unquote filler episode with Elia Kane, if we didn't get that episode or at least that much story of her and like knowing her motivation and what's what she's doing or what she's what what's been happening with her, when we see her here, we get her for like less than five minutes. Yeah, but, but then exactly because, because of Kuya's favorite filler episode, we know <laughs> we know that she's not one to just dismiss because shit, like she she's she's up to something. So, yeah, you know, yeah, because when um when Carson Tiva is there with uh, what's his name Tim Meadows, <laughs> I was oh like, yeah, oh. that's right. I was like, oh, are you Mean Girls? <laughs> the principal. <laughs> I was like, that's so fetch. Um, yeah, I forgot Tim was in this episode. Yeah, he was in this. You know what? I forgot though that still we still have three episodes. Um, we're gonna we're gonna see um, Christopher Lloyd somewhere. Oh I'm shit! Not, really? Yeah, I, um, I I totally forgot, but I not brown action. Yeah, I don't know what character he's gonna play, but we're gonna see him somewhere. Uh, so I just remembered because someone brought it up on on one of the uh, Facebook groups. I was like. Oh shit! That's right. I totally forgot that he's in this. So I had no idea he was going to be in this season. Yeah, he's going to be in this season. Uh, but yeah, that's another crazy. fantastic episode. And what was introduced in the first episode of season three, uh, Gor- the the pirate king Gorian Shard, now Swamp pays thing. off in, in, yeah Swamp Thing pays <laughs> off in this episode. Um, in that cool big ass pirate ship, he's taken over, um, High Magistrate Grief Karga's uh planet. And Carson T was like trying to tell like the New Republic, like, hey, we got to do something about this shit because you know there seems like something something fishy is going on here. If we if we leave things unchecked, the you know the pirates will take over. And then fucking Tim Meadows like, eh. he doesn't even watch the whole message. He's like, eh, and I've heard it. And they're supposed to be the good guys, like exactly right. I'm like, wow, really. And this is like, this is why the first order will fucking come out of nowhere because they're like, oh, New Republic ain't doing shit. We're coming yeah. back, baby. 
Yeah, especially like you said with that nonchalant. Eh, I I I get the gist. Exactly. Like did, <laughs> I get the gist. Did you guys not learn from f- fighting the fucking empire for like what the last twenty years? You, you fought a rebellion, right? And then now you guys just taking it easy because what the emperor's dead, or yeah. so or so you think. <laughs> and some of your tactics are worse than the emperor's tactics, like <laughs> right? Especially in the filler episode, you guys were leaning more toward. The emperor's type of tactics than exactly. you were a rebellion of like, which was disturbing. To, it was because, and that's one of the reasons why I did like the episodes because it was like, okay, you guys are doing worse tactics than the people you're trying to stop because they're the oppressors. The way you guys make it sound, and then now you become the oppressors doing shit like that, right? So, you know, <clears throat> you started the rebellion to stop behavior like that from happening. So it it's just a crazy, crazy twist. Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, uh, what's going on, guys? So was that? What I the hell? Like, Where are the good I guys was confused. here? It confused me. I'm like, aren't you guys supposed to be the so-called good guys? Like, uh, yeah. what are you doing here? Yeah. And then um, when uh, Carson Tiva goes to, I like to call it Space Vietnam, because it really felt like Vietnam. <laughs> it felt like a beach out of Nam, like, you know, because the trees... You got you got the you got the trees and then the base. I'm like, oh, this this feels like space Vietnam, <laughs> like a barracks. So Carson T was there, and then we see him. He's in the bar, and then there's a. Uh, I noticed this right away, of course, because the man in the hat. I'm not talking about Indiana Jones. Dave Oof. Filoni. Dave Filoni is right there in the bar as his character, Trapper Wolf. He's spe- he's seen speaking to uh, Deborah Chow, the director of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, and also one of the pilots from, I think it was season one or two. And then Rick Fumuyiwa, who's also a director of The Mandalorian. Uh, they're ba- basically talking to each other. They're there in the foreground in one shot, and then they're in the wide shot. Um, you can easily uh, see them there. And what, what really gets me here is the cameo that um, with this character that uh, comes right up to Carson Tiva, and it's none other than Zeb Aurelios uh, from Star Wars Rebels making his live action debut, which really, which got me really excited because now they're really setting up Ahsoka because Zeb was part of the Rebels, uh, the ghost crew on the, the animated Rebel series. So he is the first uh, character from the ghost crew to appear in live action. So, and I even told Jester, I would not be surprised if we end up seeing um, maybe Ahsoka and Sabine even uh, by the by the end of this season, they might drop him uh, to set up Ahsoka, uh, the series as well. Hooray! Because we all know my favorite character is Ahsoka. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was really cool. Um, and then just the overall episode, the action was great. Lots of um, you got Mando in his N one starfighter, uh, distracting Gorian Shard and his and his minions. And then Bo-Katan is coming in and they're fighting. Even the armor, they, I love how they um, they get the Mandalorians because Carson Tiva, uh, it turns out R5-D4, who had a bad motivator years ago, was actually served the Rebellion working as a secret agent because <laughs> he tracked him. He tracked him to uh, the, the, the Mandalorian's uh, coven hideout. And um, they were about to take him out, Carson Tiva, because like, he knows where they live. But he was cool about it, and of course, uh, he 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 cut uh, 
Din Djarin some slack a few uh, seasons ago. So now he's returning the favor. Um, but it was cool because now it set up the, the Mandalorians as the basically the sheriffs, the protectors of um, of uh, Grief Karga's uh, planet, of Navarro, which is cool. Because, yeah, if they're not going to get protection from the New Republic, well, they, they got to have some muscle because otherwise you're going to have, you know, pirates or whoever just trying to take over the the planet and uh you know taking it for themselves so i like how it ended and i thought it was interesting that when um when uh bo-katan tells the armorer i've seen a mythosaur and just the way she does reacts to it like oh good for you that's nice and then she tells him hey hey you're you can walk between two worlds so you're gonna i i need you now to uh do the mission of recruiting all the Mandalorians scattered out in the galaxy because you can remove your helmet and you can keep it on too. <laughs> Which yeah, I thought was, I was like, yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> right? <laughs> I understood why, but I was like, after all the shit you gave Mando for it, and exactly. Now sudden, hey, you know, <laughs> you, but you, you're okay taking the helmet off and you get, it's like, bitch. Right? <laughs> but see, I'm thinking she's also using her. I have a feeling she's using yeah, I, I hope so. As bad as that sounds, I hope so, because that would make a lot more sense to why you would allow that, because you were gung-ho about everybody, especially after you. she got renewed, just like Mando did, like Din Djarin did, and you were gung-ho and adamant about the code having, to, and then all of a sudden like that, you're like, eh, you can take it off. But, yeah. That don't. Like, that's the yeah. only thing that doesn't sit well with me. Is like, that's bipolar as fuck. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, you're you're good with the creed. You can take off your helmet. <laughs> <laughs> so I was thinking, like, mm, I don't know, but the armor, and that's the thing. The armor, I, she's, I like how the character is played because she's still very mysterious. You don't know exactly what she's thinking. Yeah. Um, I feel like she may even try to. Once Bo-Katan, you know, comes back with, you know, however many more Mandalorians she finds out there. I have a feeling like if they make that pilgrimage, all of them go to Mandalore. I think she might try, the armor might try to take away the, you know, the, uh, the leadership and try to, you know, try to tame that mythosaur herself and try yeah, to stab the dark saber. Yeah. Yeah. Because now that Bo-Katan told her, I've seen a mythosaur, he's like, oh, you've seen one, huh? Where is it? Like, you know. And we know that the armor can can uh, can go toe to toe with anyone. So yeah. you know, um, I don't know. It's I'm hoping really. I'm interesting. hoping something is explained because, like I said, that, that, that something has to explain that bipolar shit. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, for like for for, for someone for, like her who up to this point to where we've gotten lives by code, and right. she will not let it go. Because she's Mandalorian through and through. That that just throws me. It's like, especially for someone who's casual watching it like me, that's like, uh, that's a little bit of, that's bad. Not it's not bad storytelling, but that that's you're you're getting very dangerous to plot holes right there doing shit like that. Because that's for someone like me that that's casual and doesn't know all. It's like, mm -mm. right, right. Mm -mm. Unless she's just really doing that to. Um... For her own self-interest. Well, that's what I'm saying. Know, yeah. I, yeah. Like you said, I hope there's a payoff because right. if not, otherwise she's just like weird. 
Right. 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 Yeah. Which is not in her character. Yeah. It hasn't been up to this point. So that's why I'm I'm hoping you're right because it just doesn't make sense to me anyway. Yep. But yeah, uh, I, and I like how the episode ends because we, you know, it was set up early in the episode. I heard Moff Gideon is, you know, escaped or whatever. They don't even know what happened to him. So I, I'm really, I'm really uh, amazed at the how, like, what's the timeline of events here? That shuttle looks like it's been out. Like, how long ago was Moff Gideon captured? Or yeah. unless, unless they were transporting him somewhere in between, which would make sense. When they come up, when Carson Tiva comes up to the shuttle, I'm like, uh, it's abandoned and it looks like someone broke into it and there was a rescue, there was a extraction. And sure enough, there was. And I like it that his astromech droid, instead of just, because uh, we've seen it with R2 before, it's like a periscope, but it's also a fucking, uh, uh, not a drone. What does he call it? I forgot what he calls it. But anyway, he sends it off as a drone, pretty much. And it, you know, takes a, it can basically send a live video feed into the his X-Wing and he can see what's going on and they were scanning it. And then it looks like there was some Beskar there, which is like, what the hell's going on now? Like, that's an interesting way to, to end the episode because, you know, are the Mandalorians working with uh, Moff Gideon or are they being set up? Are they being framed? So really interesting. I'm not surprised that Moff Gideon got away, but I'm curious as to like, you know, Hey, who did it? What happened? What's going on here? Like, but like you said, it's gotten me excited and interested to see the next episode and find out what's happening. Where's yeah. where, where's this going? Which is how TV should be anyway. So exactly, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, but yeah. Um, next up, we got the Bad Batch, uh, the season two finale. We got two episodes, uh, and man, they were quite fantastic because. Uh, and the, um, this the one is this the one that we were talking about where Kuyu was crying? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he probably he probably used a box of Kleenex. Yeah, he said <laughs> cut onions, cut onions. Man, it's a it was a pretty emotional episode, um, and fantastically done. Um, for a kids show, the the you know what happens in this episode and this the, these two episodes are like holy shit, that's stepping it up, um. Yeah. And and the pi- what the pirate was for the Mandalorian, it was like, oh, that's a cool episode. That was fun. That was awesome. Let's wait to um, let, let me have some more of that. The Bad Batch was uh, a very uh, all pretty much a, a traumatic experience because no one was expecting what happened in that in that episode. Like, holy shit! Um, but yeah, uh, spoilers: uh, a member of the Bad Batch has been lost uh, in tech, um, but it was. It was fantastic. It is top-notch Star Wars. And um, it's really cool to see because not only do you have the Mandalorian, but the Bad Batch, the storytelling and what's going on there. There's clones, of course, and the whole cloning technology and how it's connecting to the Emperor and to to Palpatine's schemes and plans. Uh, Really fantastic stuff. Um, some Some of the cinematography and the music as well especially in that episode plan 99 um fantastic stuff it is top-notch uh star wars just like the clone wars uh certain episodes and certain arcs were top-notch uh star wars they did it again with the bad batch uh with the summit and plan 99 and i think for season two we also had the standouts of um 
was episode three with Crosshair, and I think it was five or six were the other Crosshair episode, and then this one. So really looking forward to season three uh, because it leaves us on a cliffhanger, and it it's like setting everything up and like also making you ask questions, and you're it definitely leaves everyone like curious to see and find out what's going on. Um, I'm hoping we get a season three announcement fairly soon. Uh, Star Wars Celebration in Europe is happening within a few weeks. I, I think it may be this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and there is a panel for the Bad Batch there. So I'm hoping they have an announcement for season three. And I hope it's like later this year or early next year and not more than a year because we had to wait for season two for a while. Um, so yeah, uh, really excited for the the Bad Batch. Um, you're still watching Clone Wars, right? Yeah, I'm what? like coming. I'm on season four. I just started. Okay, it. okay. What should I watch after that, though? Because I'm gonna be finishing that up quick. So, um, Clone Wars, you still have season five, and then I think the Lost Missions are also on Disney Plus, and then season seven. But I mean, after Clone Wars is over, what do you recommend? Uh, Rebels, Star Wars Rebels. Okay, that's what I was told that yeah. Rebels should come next. Yes, Rebels, and yeah, because I'm gonna be burning through the Clone Wars pretty fast now because I got nothing else to watch as far as what I don't care. Like I don't count Picard and everything else because I'm watching that on a weekly basis, like I am Mandalorian and stuff like that. So right. on my side when I'm not doing anything, I'll probably be uh, I'll probably be burning through a lot of uh, a lot of Clone Wars here pretty soon. Yeah, and that's the best part about the Clone Wars because when they released them on Cartoon Network, they were like 22 minute episodes. Yeah, they're so, nothing. Exactly. It's an easy binge, especially like the 3 4 arc epi- uh series episodes. Those are always great because you got a continuous story. Um I know yeah. I love those episodes, man. Those are some of my favorite, especially when there's an art to it. Yep, yep. Those are the best. Uh, but yeah, that's cool. All righty. From a galaxy far, far away, we're going to the video game world. Uh, Ooh, yeah. A brand new film on Apple TV debuted, and uh, it's called Tetris. That's right, Tetris. Uh, it's a drama, comedy. Uh, one hour, 58 minutes on Apple TV. Hank Rogers discovers Tetris in 1988 and then risks everything by traveling to the Soviet Union where he joins forces with adventure Alexei Pajitnov to bring the game to the masses. So this just released uh, March 31st, 2023. And you've got... Uh, let's see, who directed this? I'm not seeing the director, but I'm seeing producers Matthew Vaughn because you see that um, his, his production company is there. Um and John course, S. Baird. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. Movie. That's right. Thank you. And then you've, you've got, of course, uh, Taryn Egerton as Hank Rogers. Nikita Efremov as Alexei Pajitnov. Um, who was uh, Toby Jones as Robert Stein. Rick Yoon as Larry. I thought that was Rick. Yep. Yeah. That's yes. what I thought. As soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, okay. Oh, like, fuck yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's a, it a fantastic cast. Man, this movie, I just watched it earlier and I was blown away. I have never, I've played Tetris. I played it on my Game Boy. I've played it everywhere else. 
I had no idea the story of Tetris. So I highly recommend this film to anyone who's ever played Tetris or even has played any kind of video game because, you know, let's not forget the history here and the fact that this all happened in, like, it's it's not just based on a true story. It is a real story. Um, this It blew my mind. And the, the fact that, you know, what was happening, I was barely five years old when this happened. Um, so I don't remember much of the, the, the world events then. But, you know, when the Soviet Union and the Iron Curtain was still up, you know, all these things that were happening... I thought it was fascinating because they were like, we want Coca-Cola and our Levi's jeans. I was like, holy <laughs> shit, of course you would. Who wouldn't want that? Like, And then they were playing, um, what song was that? Uh, by Journey? The Final Countdown. The Final, or the, the final the, Countdown, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the Scorpions. Right, that's right, not not Journey. But yeah, yeah. Um, some of the songs that they made like in Russian. Um, was yeah, it, that was great. Hero? That was awesome. And some I of know. the... Some of the graphics, the eight bit graphics and all yeah. that stuff, that was really cool. Especially during really the car cool. chase scene is all yes. yes. Yeah. There were some nice touches to that movie. Yeah, it's a fantastic movie. Um, and I love that his uh his wife and his kids are the Japanese, like he's speaking Japanese to them. Yeah, they were cute kids, man. I like his yeah. kids. And I love the scene where he's talking to his wife like and he's explaining to her, like, he put up their house in case something happens. Like, he put their house on the line. And then he's like, listen to that. You hear that? And she's like, what? And he's like, it's quiet. And his because <laughs> his, his kids are busy playing Tetris. Like, it's actually gotten them, like, focused and concentrated on playing the game. And it's like, wow, really fascinating. But, yeah, uh, I enjoy this movie. I think it's... it's it's one of the best movies of the year so far, like you said um, on the on the group chat. I really enjoyed it. I highly recommend people check it out. It's worth a watch. Uh, Apple TV. It's four ninety nine a month. You you could I think you could get a free trial as well. Yeah, just to check it out. But yeah, it's a fantastic movie, and the fact that this all happened blows my mind. Like wow amazing yeah some of the stuff i'm like wow and they like i've looked up some of the stuff and they're like some of the stuff's even crazier i was like what the fuck? right so it i i like the one scene it's not even a spoiler because it's like a subtle little comedy thing where he gets his japanese wrong he's like yeah we're all failures now and she's like no 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 and then he she has him correct himself he's like, oh no we're all game developers now yeah <laughs> like there's right. some great there's some great moments in this i love this film i thought yeah it was it it, it really gets me excited to see air because air yes. is going to be in the same vein where we know what happened but we don't know the intricate details like this That's so right. it really gets me excited to see what they're going to do with air because I'm I'm looking forward to that movie when they when they announced the Tetris movie because this movie's been in development hell for years like I remember they announced Tetris Monopoly Candyland back in 2012 right like and I was like how are you gonna do this I'm glad they went down this route right right because this was a much more accessible a better way of telling the story because there was no other way of doing it except for doing it like this, just going on a full biopic crazy trip with this. And I, I thought it was one of the better films. I don't know what else he's done, but I'm going to have to look at some of Baird's films because this was a really good one. Yeah. And the fact that um, when 
Nintendo is introduced, and then we see the yeah. game. We see the Game Boy. I mean, you're not seeing that was cool. You're not seeing many Game Boys being played around with today. I mean, it's involved now to the Nintendo Switch, but yeah, the fact that back then in the late 1980s, um, there wasn't, uh, there wasn't, there there were a few handheld games, but nothing quite like the Game Boy, which really changed yeah. and revolutionized handheld gaming um that scene was fantastic um so yeah yeah, i highly recommend it uh this to any person who's played any kind of video game ever and the fact that yeah if you played tetris you know the theme song you know um it's it's a fantastic watch and i love the story yeah it's basically like a spy it's it's like a spy thriller because when when he's in the soviet union like it's not like america you can't just like do whatever you, you and it's funny how they were acting like oh you can just you know you can't just go there without an appointment or you can't yeah. just show up here you know like and he's crazy. like the people certain people are trying to explain that to him he's like well I'm not leaving without this and they're like <laughs> right God you're not getting it buddy because this the, is this is a communist country that doesn't give a <laughs> shit but like right that good old American attitude of like, yeah. I, I, I want to get what I want. I'm not leaving until I get it. Like, <laughs> the best part is it pisses them off even more because they're like, you, you're the you're the American stereotype right now, and you're in our right? country with exactly. the fucking balls, like, right? You're not in Kansas anymore, Dorothy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, uh, it, it was a great film. Yeah, it's a great film. I really enjoyed it. So I'm I'm glad that you. Um, that you reminded us that it was on there. Yeah. Because I figured, yeah, since I didn't get to see John Wick these this weekend, I figured, hey, I can I can at least check out Tetris. And then another film that I checked out was uh Knock at the Cabin and Nightmare's latest. For, <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing about this because I already know I've seen it. And I'm looking forward to seeing what you thought about the new M Night Shyamalan Ding Dong film. So, <laughs> yeah, because you mentioned it was on it was on Peacock, and I was like, "Hey, I, I want to check that." Because when I saw the trailer, I was like, "Oh shit!" I, and I'm a sucker for M Night Shyamalan movies. Like, so am tra- I. Even if I know they're gonna be bad, I'm like, I still gotta go see it. Right. I have not seen Old yet. I still need to see Old. Um, <laughs> treat there, I'll tell yeah. you. <laughs> so. Uh, knock at the cabin, an hour. I was surprised at the runtime, hour and forty minutes. Oh, was uh, I. Yeah. While vacationing at a remote cabin in the woods, a young girl and her parents are taken hostage by four armed strangers who demand they make an unthinkable choice to avert the apocalypse. Confused, scared, and with limited access to the outside world, the family must decide what they believe before all is lost. So, directed by M. Night Shyamalan. You've got Dave Batista, Rupert Grint, Jonathan Groff, Ben Aldridge, Abby Quinn, Kristen Kui, and then you also have here. Let's see. Also have Nikki, Nikki Amuka Bird. So fantastic cast, man. Dave Batista in that opening scene uh, can really is really it really showed me that he's got quite the range because yeah. you know. His presence alone is very intimidating, but man, he was like a big marshmallow, like in that movie. It was like he because he was talking to a kid, but it was like, mm-hmm. man, he's really showing some range because he can, like, his physical presence may be intimidating, but he can be the the most gentle person in the room. 
a very different character, of course, from uh, Glass Onion, where he's like the breastification of America. Like he's like the Chad, like you know, like doing that live streaming. Um, and man, the the movie had my interest because I was like, okay, what's going on here? Um, I really liked it. I really liked it. The performances were great. Uh, I was curious. I I kind of figured. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything, just in case anyone else who hasn't seen it is curious to check it out. Um, I kind of figured some things of what uh, the four people were there kind of representing. I kind of figured that uh, early on, but it was it kept me guessing as to okay, what's 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 happening here? Like, what's really happening here? I thought that was cool. Um, I was curious about the, the twist, uh, but then it it wasn't as like the, the traditional and which uh it wasn't like the traditional M Night Shyamalan twist, which is fine. I realized like, hey, you know what? That's kind of cool because it, he's actually trying to you know play it straightforward. Yeah, and the twist this time was like at the toward the beginning of the movie more than like waiting toward the right. end like a Saw movie. Right. Like this one was actually. I'm telling you this, this is the twist and we'll lead out to the end of the movie, which is what we get. Right, right. I'm interested to read the book now because... So it's based on a book, okay. Yeah, it's based on a book that was done a couple years ago, Knock at the Cabin at the End of the World or some shit, I can't, but I want to read the book now. Okay, really interesting. Yeah, I I really liked the movie. I thought it was really fascinating. I enjoyed it. Yeah, some great cinematography. after old. Oh yeah, <laughs> especially after old. Yep. But yeah, uh, I I recommend it. I, I thought it was a fascinating watch. Some really good cinematography, and some really good music as well. Um, and some interesting performances. I kind of wish we got more of um Rupert Grint of uh of um Ron. So did I. Ron I was like... Harold Potter. I was like, <laughs> this guy's actually good. I wish he got more screen time though. I was hoping he got more screen time because I was like, man. Uh, I could have watched a little bit more of him. So. That's why I like him in that M. Night Shyamalan Apple TV show because he's in it a lot more than this. The Which show is that? Oh, God, I'm blanking on the name. But I'm sure it's I can a, look it up too. It's called Servant, if I'm not oh, mistaken. Okay, okay. Yeah, I've heard about that. Okay. He's really good in that because he plays, I guess, the lawyer or something, but He's in it a lot more than that. And I was like, oh, shit, is that the Harry Potter kid? Yeah. And it's him. So okay. that that shows a trip. Yeah. It, it, is, it is bizarre. Like, it's it's pretty good. I've only seen the first four episodes, but it is, it's a trip. Okay. Yeah, um, that's one thing I guess I need to be checking out more of Apple TV because they have some stuff there. Um, yeah, they sure do. I was surprised by it. Yeah, I need to catch up on Ted Lasso, but I, I definitely I did start um for all mankind, which I thought was interesting, but I need to get back on it. And I heard I, the, I saw the first episode of that as well. Yeah. Um I also heard uh Shrinking, the comedy with Harrison Ford, uh is also getting some interesting feedback. Um what's his name? Harrison Ford and what's this guy's name? <clears throat> Jason Siegel. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that's a comedy, and I heard that people are really enjoying that as well. So, yeah, I need to start Ted Lasso because I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, 
yeah, that's it's pretty cool. But I I definitely need to get back and catch up on it. So I heard you got to see Creed three. Yeah, it was a uh, Creed three wasn't bad. Um, it's not as good as the first one, but it's better than two. I think this time around it's really good because we're away from regardless of why it happened those that don't know you can look up the falling out that Stallone and the rights holder have together it's a very nasty situation right now it's a reason why Michael B. Jordan directed Creed 3 and Stallone didn't but I'm glad it kind of happened because they got rid of Rocky and not that I don't like Rocky I love Rocky we're here because of Rocky of Rocky this these films would not exist without Rocky but at this point where Creed is at, where Adonis Creed is at in his in his life, Rocky needed to be thrown out. And they do that completely and by, by, by Stallone's own will, too, because Stallone said he's not doing it anymore until he gets some kind of formal apology out in the real. Like, they have to apologize to him. You know, it's not about the bag, wink, wink. Right. Um, it's about the apology where everyone can see it because he feels wrong, but it was good to not have Stallone in this one because now Michael B. Jordan's character of Adonis Creed can stand on his own. And he really does not just as a, you actually now can believe that this character takes place in the real world, which is especially the way Michael B. Jordan directed this movie. There's certain touches like, having Stephen A. Smith have Adonis Creed on his show like as if it's an actual boxer getting ready for a match. Having the Showtime packages because now all that boxes, HBO is no longer, I mean, there's boxing here and there, but the, lead, the, the worldwide leader now at this point is Showtime as far as boxing is concerned. What's left of boxing, thanks to the UFC. Uh it actually gives you the packages and sets it up like you're actually watching, getting prepared for an actual boxing matches. So it, it was a very nice touch. I'll tell you, old boy who's in some trouble right now. What's his name? Jonathan Majors. Lee Majors. Yeah, Jonathan Majors. I was going to call him Lee Majors. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan Majors, um, boy, he, he was good in this because he was – he was a more believable villain than any of them so far, even more, especially because that was one thing I didn't like about Creed two is it was once again, digging up the ghosts of the past. Like some people were claiming, Oh, this is going to be clubber Lang, and I'm son of clubber Lang. I'm like, please don't do that again because we did it in Creed two with Drago's son. And it's just right. like, it felt like hand holding. And this movie completely gets rid of all. The only thing they really mentioned that is legacy is obviously his dad, Apollo. And that's going to be a thing no matter what, because he's the son of Apollo Creed. Right. But other than that, his hands not being held by Rocky or ghosts of Rocky's past. And now he's actually fighting someone from his own past, from right. his childhood that he has to deal with that's coming from his demons that he has to resolve and not something from his mentor. And they're coming. So that was a nice, and I'm telling you, Jonathan Majors, whoo, you can tell there was something like he, 
the way he plays it, you can tell that he he did a good job at having someone who's mentally imbalanced because the guy is. And I'm not going to go in deep because that'll spoil it. People can see this movie for themselves. I do highly recommend it. But there's there's certain things that you see through the past that happened that ended up getting him incarcerated, and that's not a spoiler because it's in the trailer. Right. When he gets out of jail, you can tell something messed him up more than just being institutionalized and incarcerated. The, 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 the sins of the past of those two, him and Adonis Creed, really messed him up to have this giant chip on his shoulder to where I'm telling you, he becomes one of the best villains in the entire franchise's history. Oh, wow. Jonathan Majors busts his ass off in this damn thing. And it, I'm I'm really impressed because he stands up there with the villains like Clubber Lang and Drago. I think he's even more sinister just for the simple fact that unlike Clubber Lang, who is just a bullyish character, and Drago, who is obviously a representation of the Iron Curtain of that time of Russia, this guy is fundamentally flawed because of certain aspects of things that happened in his life and it makes it just that much more real and sinister when you find out what his true motivation is because the one problem I do have is this movie is like 117 minutes and that runtime is not that's if Michael B. Jordan did one thing wrong it's the pacing's bad because you get a twist that's out of nowhere whoa it's a good twist and it makes sense to the story, but it comes like a snap of Thanos' fingers, and you're like, oh, wait, 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 wait. So the pacing's a little bad. But other than that, the movie is very well done, and Michael B. Jordan did a good job at doing double duty because he had to mm-hmm. get in shape, right? get back in shape, because they may, he's retiring. And I don't think that's a big spoiler because in two, he was talking about it. So right. anybody that's seen the first two, especially the last one, you knew he was – He's coming toward the end of his career, and he had to get in shape, worry about remembering lines, and directing a movie. That's not an easy feat to do. You can just ask Ben Affleck or all these other guys. So he did it. He worked his ass off. It's just the only major complaint I have is the pacing's pretty bad. It's not terrible, but there's certain moments like that that just come out of left field, and you're like, whoa, you set up very good for it, but the way it came out wasn't executed right. Well, not very well, but overall, I would say it's a solid rental. I would, I would, I wouldn't highly recommend it. But if you've seen the first two, then yes, I would recommend it because this closes off the chapter of Creed's storyline very well. And I, without spoiling it, if there's a Creed four, I don't know how in the hell they're gonna do it. I will right. say the girl that plays their daughter is cute. I'll tell you, she plays as the. I don't know if she is in real life or not, like the kid on The Last of Us, but she plays. She's deaf, so there's a lot of signing, and she's one. She's one of the cutest little girls. That, it's like the year the cute little girls. The girl from the cab knock at the cabin was a yeah, cute little yeah. girl. You got yeah. the two girls from Tetris, and now her. It's like okay. Yeah, and they're actually good child actors too. I'm like, yeah, this I'm girl's like, wow. good. Yeah, and that's another thing. I'm glad you brought that up because. They are, and this girl's no different. She can, she act for playing deaf. That's why I'm like, is she really deaf in real life? She acted her ass off, is she not? 
because she you don't get that with child actors. Right, you just don't. Right. I'm sorry, but very rarely do you get a River Phoenix or you know. It's not like Kuya's favorite child actor from recent uh, <laughs> Black Adam uh, blockbuster with that yeah. kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but overall, it was it was it was a solid movie. I'm glad I saw it because it, and everybody can see it now because it's these movies are turning over quick. Because this yeah. movie just came out in March, in the beginning of March, and it's already available for rent and buying. So it's like, oh my god, dude! Right. I remember when we were growing up, it took like, if we were lucky, seven months before we could see it on VHS or DVD or something. Yep, exactly. After being released, so yeah, we're in a we're in a, we're in a golden age right now. So, oh yeah. Uh, speaking of which, the uh, the box office for this weekend. Number one is Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Ooh. Among Thieves, with thirty-eight point five million, kicking off John Wick to second the second spot with twenty-eight million. Uh, but at least John Wick is now at one hundred and twenty-two million. Uh, Scream Six is at five point three million, with a total of ninety-eight million. So it's going to hit a hundred million by next weekend. So there's gonna be Scream Seven greenlit soon. Oh yeah, uh, Creed Three with five million. Uh, it's got it's now got one hundred forty eight million. And Shazam: Fury of the Gods <laughs> with four point six million. Now with a total of fifty three million. I'm sorry, but God. Oh no, you're a, good, dude. That's a beating. What 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 fucking annoys me is that he he's fucking made a video on Instagram. He's like, I know you guys want to see John Wick, but John Wick's not a family movie. This one. Oh, he's getting... Like, you're talking about Levi? Yes. God, he's getting desperate. He, he needs First to shut the fuck up. blame the fans. Oh, yeah, the Snyder now Cult. blaming John Wick. Like, you need to grow up, bro. He's, he's blaming the Snyder Cult with 12, 12 members. I'm one of them. You know, supposedly, <laughs> because we didn't... We, the 12 people... We're apparently billionaires. We didn't see this movie, which I did. I was there Saturday night. Yeah. And, and it still didn't make money. And the fact that, and now he's like speaking up. He like pretty much like aired it out there on his Instagram that The Rock was the, was yeah. the, the read. And I'm like, really? Really? That's the I, extra one. He got to blame Dwayne. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, okay. Yes. <laughs> the Rock had his thing with Black Adam and that's done now. And he's like pretty much moved on. And here you are, like wanting to start shit again with, of all people, The Rock. Like, really, really. <laughs> like, bro, you gotta learn to chill and shut the fuck up. Because I, I was reading I an article. Exactly, and that's why I was gonna say I was reading an article where they're like a perfect top ten perfect characters that Zach can play in the Marvel franchise now that he's done with DC. I'm like. Uh, would that little bitch fit like that if I was Feige? Right. I, I'd, I'd be holding off on that one. Well, he Not even a... just the disaster of the box office, but you're acting like a petulant child now. Right. He was in he was in the Thor movies, right? He was one of yeah. Thor's friends. And he even supposedly he was promised by Kevin Feige that he was going to have a big character. <laughs> <laughs> Which he got cut and then he fucking, he fucking killed him. So I'm like... <laughs> Oh maybe man. it's maybe it's just you, Zachary. Maybe it's just you, buddy. Yeah, I swear. Some of the stuff that he's like, he 
he keeps tweeting and shit, and I'm like, bro, you need to bring this shut the fuck up. Like, seriously. You know, I'm That's sorry. If, if you're the star of your, your movie, your movie's opening, and yes, it's not doing well, the last thing you should be doing is pointing fingers and just tell people like, hey, we worked hard on it. Please check it out. That's it. Exactly. That's, That's it. it. That's it. That's you don't it. have to be desperate. You know, just encourage, let people know, like, hey, we work hard on it. We're proud of it. Check it out. That's you it. You sound like a jaded, jealous ex-girlfriend when you do shit like exactly. that. Exactly. It's, it's fucking cringe. It is. And it's pathetic, man. Now, I have to say this, though, and I've noticed this, which is which is cool. Um, I've noticed in my feed some friends and some families have been taking their kids to see this movie. Because, yes, it is a family movie. It is a family movie. It's involving kids. It's got a great message with family. And it's good for, for kids. However, the marketing is not helping it. And neither is the word of mouth. So, yeah. you know. And that's one thing I was going to say. You can blame all you want, but it's not exactly like your company did the greatest marketing job of this. You, you guys pretty much threw it away. You, you released it during a time you shouldn't have released it. I mean... You knew this month was stacked. Why would you right. do this? Right. Like between Scream 6, John Wick 4, Creed 3. That's a real brain teaser. Let's Should we put our movie out during that same time? Uh-huh. You right. know, you were better off putting it out in January like the last Scream movie did. Yeah, I know that's where movies go to die, but Scream, it did, it worked out pretty good for Scream, and I'm pretty sure it would have worked out just fine for your movie, too. It would have been, you would have had a better chance doing it during that time than stacking it up against this competition that you knew you couldn't beat. Because let's not be honest, let's not be, you know, that's all well and great, it's a great family film, but let's be honest here, it's not exactly like the first one blew up the box office, like Right, right, set the world on fire. Right. So, come on, man, grow up. And Just that's grow the thing. Up. The first movie came out April, I think it was April or March of 2019, a month before Endgame, and it's mm-hmm. and, and its opening weekend was 53 million for the first movie, which was exactly. actually pretty good. This second movie opened at 30, so it was opening much lower. Could you imagine how stupid they would have been if they would have pulled the same tactic and opened it a week before in game? Exactly. You wouldn't have yeah. seen that 50. So yep. or heaven forbid a week after in game. It's just it's it's bad marketing and bad all around. And and Zach, you need to stop this because you're not only not helping your case. You're not helping the movie's case. You blaming fans, especially. That's, you know, blaming The Rock, blaming the fans. Yeah. That's not getting people to rush out and open and open up their wallets and go see the movie. Exactly. If anything, you're going, they're going to go, fuck this guy. Now we really yeah. don't want to see your movie. Yeah, fucking the director, David Sandberg, was like, oh, I'm done. I'm going back to horror. Like on the I Monday, heard, I heard about that. I heard about yeah. these, and I heard one. He even said, "Well, I made my money. I don't care." Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> he's like, I don't care that it failed because I still got a guaranteed check. I'm like, whoa, dude. Yeah, <laughs> that's a shitty attitude to have. But okay. Yep. I was like, oh boy. 
And you, then you guys wonder why this is a shit show. It ain't our fault. It's your guys' fault for doing what <laughs> you guys did. Yep. Exactly. Bunch of babies. Exactly. <laughs> and that's the thing. He he kept he kept rubbing it in like the the fact that oh the the rock found out that I'm gonna get to punch him in the face. He's like, who cares? Who cares? Oh my god. <laughs> that, that is cringe as fuck. Is. He's like, I'm like he knew he knew he knew I was gonna get to punch him in the face. That's why he sabotaged the movie. Like, come on. But, but someone someone did make a great TikTok. I'm gonna have to share it. Someone yeah, made a, someone made a great TikTok and said, Imagine if Heath Ledger said, Okay, I'm gonna be the Joker, but I don't want to. I don't want there to be Batman in the movie. I'm just gonna be a Joker in the movie, and then we're not gonna meet Batman until like maybe you know the second movie at the end or something like that. It's exactly <laughs> what happened. Like you know, like Black Adam is the main adversary of Shazam. Like what the hell? <laughs> Sounds like Halloween ends, right? You get Michael Myers for like five minutes at the end. There you go. <laughs> yep. But yeah, already. Well, yeah, I did forget to mention um, Jonathan Majors was arrested. Uh, was it last week? Yeah, last week, last weekend. I heard about that. For suppose, yeah, um, supposedly, you uh, he, he had an altercation with a woman and assault. Um, he was accused of assaulting, uh, but then a few days later, uh, his lawyer released text messages. That claims the woman was taking blame for the fight that they had. This is from Variety.com. Um, attorney for Jonathan Majors released text messages on Thursday that he claims came from the woman whom he is accused of assaulting, in which she appears to take the blame for the fight. According to the messages, which have not been independently verified, the woman wrote Majors afterwards that, quote, I told them it was my fault for trying to grab your phone. She also said that she was angry that Majors had been arrested and that she had made clear that the charges did not have her blessing. Um, and supposedly there's also video evidence or like um, her physical injuries were, seems like it was like self-inflicted and not from him. Um, and supposedly there's video evidence. So, because yeah, when I saw that too, I was like, what is going on? Like this guy is at the top of his game. He's got two big movies at the box office right now, which are doing well. Yeah, um, what what what's going on? So anyway, uh, yeah, they're pretty much like uh, clearing his name and saying that he he didn't do anything wrong, uh, according to his publicist. We look forward to clearing his name and clearing this up. Um, and so this was three days ago from Variety.com. So it happened like Saturday early morning, and then I think it was like late Saturday, early Sunday morning that was out that he was arrested, and then now days later, apparently. He had no fault in it. It was all her. That was supposedly his girlfriend. They were having an argument of some sort. So I heard some people happy about it too because they're like, "Yeah, this means he's done for the Kang Dynasty. Marvel's gonna throw him out. Disney ain't having it." Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. And it's not even that they're happy about him. Get they're happy that Disney's failing. And like they're getting some. <laughs> Pavlovian victory over like yeah Marvel's gonna get it stuck to what? yeah yeah <laughs> oh, there's man. like a whole group of people that are like yeah that's right it's good the Marvel's gonna burn now because phase four sucked and this phase is gonna suck even more because now their major stars in hot water he's gone I'm like 
Jeez. You don't know that. Right. First of all. And secondly, why do you have so much glee? Yeah. What do you gain out of Disney? Let's say Marvel and Disney did fail. Do you have like stock in DC and Warner Brothers or something? <laughs> yeah, because they're not doing so hot right now. Yeah, exactly. So what are you so happy about? I don't understand. Jeez. Yeah. I, I was like, you guys need to get lives. Get, <laughs> get real jobs, too. Because yeah. this ain't working for you. Right. Like, I think it was Kevin Feige that said, like, every, like, the competition, like, they acknowledge them. But at the same time, if any comic book movie does well at the box office, it's good for everyone because yeah. it shows the audience is interested in it. It's excited for it. And they were there was even a conversation, like, this like with the with how Ant Man has done uh, and the Wasp Quantumania, yes, it's done okay at the box office, uh, but then the reviews haven't been great. And it's not it's not so much uh, fatigue; it's just that it's not necessarily a good movie, like as yeah. movies have been. Earlier, I was watching uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier, and that's still like one of the highest. Uh, Top tier Marvel movies for me in the MCU. That's funny. I was watching that too. I was yeah. like, man, this is still a great movie, man. Exactly, and the, just the whole spy thriller, espionage, and the fight se- the the fight sequence with uh with Winter Soldier and Cap, and then you got Black Widow and then um Falcon there. Like, it's just fantastic. So you know, it's it's, it's I don't think it is superhero fatigue. It is really the, just not having a great movie. Like, it's not as good not up to par as it as they used to be yeah you know and it's just like wrestling like there's gonna be highs and lows peaks and valleys lows and it's gonna that's how everything works exactly nothing nothing not one thing can stay on top forever it just doesn't work that way that's not reality right um they did drop the trailer or the teaser i think yeah yeah, i would say this the trailer because we did get a teaser before the trailer for a secret invasion it looks fantastic there's no dumbass joke that I can remember seeing. It's all like spy, pretty mystery, thriller shit. Uh, we got fucking Daenerys, uh, the, the Dragon Queen. I guess she, she's playing one of the she's playing the daughter of Talos. Um, so she's also a a scroll. Um, and then Nick Fury's back. I mean, we got Sam Jackson. So you know, which is great. But it actually looks and feels like. You know, like something badass. It's very serious. It's taking it seriously. I mean, I'm sure there'll be a joke here and there, but there wasn't any. Yeah, that, there, there wasn't any dumbass jokes in the trailer, which is like, yeah, yeah. Please, we don't need it. Let's go. Like, so yeah, that's this dropping a lot more serious. So yeah, and I'm yeah. sure, like you said, there'll be a joke here and there because Marvel can't help themselves. <laughs> yeah. But it's this one you can tell is going to be a more sinister, serious storyline. It's not going to be. Oh, um, kiki all the time. <laughs> exactly. Shit, which I can't stand about Marvel. I, I just I hate Marvel. I, I <laughs> and that's just a personal preference. I'm I, I like DC movies better. Not just DC movies, but their storytelling overall. I mean, I don't know one, one character in the Marvel universe because the X Men are never coming. We're we're all gonna <laughs> be in. A, we're we're all me you. 
Jester and Tulia are going to be in our fucking 60s by the time the X-Men actually do get introduced in the <laughs> MCU. So I just don't. So the one thing I will, and that's for you too, Kuya. You ain't seen the Fantastic Four until like you're in your four, you know, your late 50s because they're going <laughs> to keep teasing it and teasing it. And so I don't, I don't care about anything interesting about, there's nothing interesting to me as far as characters are concerned and, uh, Marvel, but Secret Invasion I might check out just because one I like Samuel L. Jackson, and I do like Amelia. Yeah, and uh, but this is more serious. When they do more serious shit, I'll check it out. When they do the he 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 and kiki ki shit like <laughs> right. the like the Agatha show, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. That's the reason why I didn't hated She Hulk. I don't yeah. give a fuck. Like this shit's so stupid and cringe. Like right. I, I, I just don't care. You know, I like the more darker stuff. That's why I think I loved Werewolf by Night so much. Is because that it's was more awesome. darker. T- yeah, it was yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I like the more darker stuff. That's just who I am. I mean, growing up on horror movies, you, you doing little cringy ass jokes is not going to help me want to go rush out and see your movie. It's the biggest reason why I didn't want to see Ant-Man and, you know, WrestleMania or whatever the fuck it is. Like, <laughs> I like Paul Rudd, but I can't stand that kind of humor. So I just, I, I'll i wait for it to come on Disney+. Plus. And yeah. then with your ringing endorsement, I'm really glad I didn't go see it because it's called Ant-Man and Mid-Mania. Like, it's yeah. mid. Mid-Man. Like, I mean, again, don't get me wrong. The scenes with Kang, fantastic. I I was tuned in. I was like, fuck yeah, like give me more of this shit. But yeah, it overall, I mean, I'll watch it again because I I do want to watch those scenes again with Kang because there were some good scenes. And tell me, was Modok that bad? Was was it really that? Oh my god, dude! He he wishes that he he even says like, oh, am I am I an Avenger now? I'm an Avenger now. I'm like, really? Because someone. Someone made the joke and they put the fucking George Lopez. They said, How did George Lopez look better in Shark Girl and Lava Boy? Oh, yeah. Or, and then, oh, it, looked, it, looked, it looked fucking terrible. It looked terrible. Oh, once again, not spending any money that they know they have. Like, and the, the the fact that they showed his fucking ass, too. Like, oh, God. <laughs> like, th- this is what, this is the this is the beginning of phase five, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're seeing Modoc's ass. Oh, my God. But you know, you went from Captain America's ass to Modoc's ass. That's yeah. That's I mean, Captain America's ass was fine. That was hilarious. Yeah, exactly, and 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 it's Captain America. Exactly. No one wants to see Modoc's ass. Like, holy shit! I was like, wow, we've come this far, huh? Okay. <laughs> okay. This is the beginning of yeah. Phase Five. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty. Alrighty. Oh, that's horrid. But you know, Martha. Martha. Why'd you say that name? Oh, that's yeah. Crazy. Yeah, that was okay. too much. That was right. too much. Right. Shit. Yep. Just admit you guys hate Zack Snyder and move on. Grace. Yeah. Yep. Grace, I'm talking to you, Miss Randolph. Because <laughs> you oh, won't yeah. let it go. Speaking of which, uh, he did announce that they're doing the Snyder Con uh, as part of a fundraiser. Unfortunately, I did not get tickets. Tickets sold out within less than like seven minutes. It was so fast. Um, but they did, they, they are having, but the cool thing is for those that did not get tickets for the live event, 
he is going to be doing a live stream for Man of Steel, for BVS, and I think for Justice League as well, the Snyder Cut. He's going to be doing a live stream as well. So he's going to announce more details for that. The great thing is the tickets sold out, and all those um, the, the proceeds are going to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, of course, That's good. in honor of his, cool. of his daughter. Yeah, which is always great because that foundation always needs more monetary support to continue the good work that they're doing, um, which is great. Uh, and then you said another... it sold out in like seven minutes. Yeah, it was it was very fast. It I was tell you, you twelve people in that Snyder cult, you guys I really know, right? mountains. I tell I know. You <laughs> see, I didn't even get an honorary slot to like purchase <laughs> as the twelfth member. Like, what the fuck, guys? <laughs> so yeah, another trailer that's dropping tomorrow, um, Monday, is uh, Blue Beetle, the next DC. Oh, not the next one. Uh, Blue Beetle is in August. And the next one we're getting is in June, The Flash. So, yeah. But the teaser so far with Blue Beetle looks really interesting. I like the lo- the title, uh, logo, and the music. Um, it's got your boy, Zolo Mariduena, from Cobra Kai. He's going to be oh, playing... Shit. Oh, that's right. I forgot yeah. he is. That's right. He's going to be playing Jaime, Jaime Reyes as uh, the Blue Beetle, which is cool because... So for those who are not familiar, the Blue Beetle, the Scarab, it's this alien technology that latches onto him. Not by his choice, it just happens. And then it pretty much gives him like this armored suit. And then, you know, it does all these things, but he has to learn how to use it, how to control it, and how to adapt with it and all that stuff. Um, But when they announced him to play Jaime Reyes, I was like, fuck yeah, great for this. I'm happy for this kid. I'm all about representation. Yeah, yeah. This is huge for the Latino community because now we're get, uh, the Latino community will have a superhero of their own on the big screen. I'm glad that the the acts of David Zaslav did not cut this movie because a lot of fans were also worried that this movie would have gotten the axe and not, you know, it, it could have been tossed off to HBO Max. But they're going to uh, put this up on the big screen, which is great. Because I am excited to see this. I think there's great potential for this movie. Um, He's so, a good casting choice. So Exactly, exactly. Um, I'm excited for that. Yeah, so we are going to get the trailer tomorrow. I'm excited to see that trailer. Um, but yeah, uh, other than that, I think you, you have a little thing that happened this weekend called WrestleMania in Hollywood. God. <laughs> I'll tell you, I've never wanted to bang my head through the wall more than I have. <laughs> I think I might be done with wrestling. I think this weekend. So Saturday started off, and it was good. The first night was good. The NXT had their event. But the first night of WrestleMania was good, especially considering it felt so good to see Jonathan Cena get his ass kicked and lose yeah. his match. I knew he was going to lose because – He's full, the, the, a belt was on the line, so there was no way he was going to come back full time for wrestling when he's a big time thespian and movie star now. You know, right? Working, working for China, North Korea, and all those other areas. <laughs> so I knew he was going to lose, but just the satisfaction of seeing him get his ass handed to him, like it felt good. He got to do his "You Can't See Me" shit. Yeah. And- but he still got his ass kicked. That felt good. There were some really <laughs> good matches. Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair was a really good match. 
there was there was just overall the first night was good. I maybe because I had a few to drink, but uh-huh. it, the consensus was true that everybody's like the first night was really good. It was a nice step in the right direction, and then we got tonight's second. This is why I hate two nights of this shit because it just shits the bed. People get injured, so Shane McMahon came back because you know you gotta. Your sister's no longer there. Your old man, the old man's probably out diddling another secretary. He shouldn't be diddling. Oh boy. Anyway, his son Shane McMahon came back and he injured himself right off the bat within within the match. And I'll tell you, if it wasn't for Snoop Dogg, I can't believe I'm saying this. Snoop Dogg saved the day. Because if it wasn't for Snoop Dogg saving the day and doing his little people's elbow copying the rock, this spot would have been complete and utter trash. Please, old men, please understand this. When you get to be a certain age, there's some things you can do and there's some things you just can't do anymore when you were in your 20s or in your 30s. When when you're in your mid-50s, you shouldn't be jumping off of ropes and doing high spots because, you know, you run the risk of tearing a muscle, twisting an ankle, and that's exactly what he did. And you could tell you could tell he was hurt because he did a jump, he came down wrong, and you could tell he was hurt because he went he went down and he was fighting the Miz and he went down and he couldn't even pull himself up. And you're like, oh, oh it's done. And the stupid I understand thinking on the fly, but the stupid ref called out the shit. All suspension of disbelief was thrown out the window when she went, hey, Snoop Dogg, as loud as I'm talking, Snoop Dogg, do the people's elbow. Yeah, I saw that. I saw the Snoop Dogg. I'm like, girl, like, lady, you don't call it out like that. You're supposed to go to the side or something. She's like, hey, Snoop Dogg, we need you to do the people's elbow because the plans had to be changed because Shane McMahon hurt himself. Right, and then. And thankfully, Snoop Dogg thanks on the fly, right. and he did his people's elbow. So there was right. that. Logan Paul got his ass kicked. That was nice. Oh, nice. <laughs> so that that but that was part of night one. So that was nice. I like that. Right. Uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens won the tag team titles, which is great. However. Once again, because he's The Rock's cousin, Cody Rhodes did not win the title tonight. And now for another 10,000 days, we have to watch Roman Reigns. And this is the thing that's just, it irks me because, and it may be predictable. It's predictable. So is letting Roman have the belt. But there is a time when you went to the Royal Rumble and 95% of the time when you go to the Royal Rumble and you win it, you're guaranteed to win the match at WrestleMania. Right. Not with this guy. And this, this there's two matches that happened where a woman won the Royal Rumble and she didn't win her match for a title. And Cody Rhodes won the men's Royal Rumble and he didn't win his match for the title, which makes the Royal Rumble completely useless and obsolete. Then, then what's the point of having a Royal Rumble in January if you're not going to follow through here in April? So 
I'm very frustrated right now because it's not just about that. There were so many botches. The Edge and Finn Balor match. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm laughing at this. Oh, you're good. <laughs> Finn Balor, Edge, who, who's been in the business for 20-plus years, so he should know better than this, comes in with a ladder, and literally he doesn't even fake do it. He chucks the ladder at Finn Balor's head. And oh, it busts sh- him, and it busts him open on impact. Oh my god! And, and the referee, and I know, and you could tell, and you knew it was real because the referee had to come in and stop the match for a couple of minutes oh, because yeah. he was gushing blood all oh, over the mat like a like a bad UFC fight. I'm like, why oh, in the fuck did you chuck the ladder at him? Yeah, he, didn't, he literally got the ladder and just went like he was throwing a football, and it smacked oh, him right between god. the head. And it busted. So Finn Balor is most definitely going to have stitches Holy tonight. Shit, dude. It, it busted him wide open. Uh, and you would, and the only reason why it wasn't ultra graphic is because he was wearing war paint. If he wasn't wearing oh, war yeah. paint, you would have seen blood all over the damn place. Oh, and then shit. it would have been a whole new problem because then the investors would have been pissed off because they don't like blood. Right, they hate right. It. Even, when it's ha- even when it's accidental, they don't like it. Right. So the match was able to continue, but Finn Balor was bleeding through his war paint the whole time because he got a ladder chucked in his head. Oh, it's shit. like that shit I expect from like two first or second year rookies, not from right, someone right. that's been in the business for twenty two plus years. Exactly, not like, a pro. Exactly, and, and and between that and the Shane McMahon shit, it was such a shit show. It's like they put on a great show. With the first two shows on Saturday, with the indie show, and then the re- the wrestlement, and then the second night they're like, "Fuck it, we're gonna piss people off anyway by letting Roman win and Cody lose, so we might as well not even try." Oh, it, it, it was so frustrating, and I, I literally usually I stay after and I watch like the aftermath, and as soon yeah. as Cody lost, I turned the thing off. I was like, "I'm fuck this, I'm done, I've had enough." You guys have pissed me off. And then the... <laughs> one other thing, they had a female match, and I don't know what this girl was doing, but Natalia, Brett the Hitman Hart's niece, she's coming down and she has her legs open, and this girl goes underneath there and she's like gesturing toward her vagina. And I'm <laughs> like, what are you doing? And she, she, and it was awkward and cringe too because she was like looking backward and then she did it again. And she's like, <laughs> and Natalia was like, What are you doing down there? And then she's like, Oh, help me up. And she <laughs> helped her up. And I'm like, What the fuck was the point of like, what are you guys smoking back there in the locker room? Like, I know you guys are in Los Angeles and in, in, in Hollywood. I know they got good drugs there, but what the fuck are you guys on that you shit the bed? You went from doing a really great show the first night. It wasn't perfect, but it was a, it was damn fun to watch. Like it was very rare anymore. And then you went from that to just like getting the case of the ultra fuck. It's going, who cares? Yeah. If you don't care, why should we as fans give a shit? Right. And this is why I'm like, and I'm more pissed off for the fans that paid like. <laughs> five thousand dollars and those are for like mid-tier nosebleed seats oh yeah i I can't imagine paying a huge amount of being front row going there and getting what we got tonight 
it it, it, it was it was embarrassing. Uh, there's like there's been a couple of times like when they brought the zombies out. There's been a couple of times, but I've never. It's it's been very hard to. It'll be very hard to be being embarrassed to be a wrestling fan after tonight, because it was it was it was it was a disgrace. It was an absolute disgrace, you know. So, I think I might act. This might be the breaking point of where I'm just done with at least the WWE. There is no reason, why, and I and like I said, I'm frustrated because there's no reason why Cody Rhodes shouldn't have won the title, except for this stupid ass loyalty that the company has toward Dwayne in hopes that he will might by a 15% margin come back to wrestle a match with his cousin Roman that we're keeping this guy he's had the fucking title for 10,000 days it's time to let it go like three and a half years is enough to, he's had the title for three and a half years enough is enough so I think I'm actually done with the WWE because I'm I'm pissed off and I'm frustrated. Between that and the botches, like I said, there's no reason why a 22 year veteran should be chucking ladders and chairs like that. It's just unprofessional. Yeah, like holy shit, what did you think was gonna happen? Like, yeah, exactly. God damn, and, dude. And on top of the fact that you injured someone, it it ta- once again it takes away the. Uh, Suspension of disbelief because the ref now has to stop the match that was mo- had a lot of momentum to check right. on the guy. You fucked up because right. you were just like you were throwing shit like you were moving, moving out like one of the storage wars, like moving out one of, like a storage unit and you're just throwing shit like it, it was reckless. So uh, I've had enough. Fuck WrestleMania. Like uh, fuck these guys. Fuck WrestleMania. They're gonna be in. Fi- they're going to be in Philadelphia next year for the 40th year, the 40th anniversary. I don't even know if I can bring myself to watch this shit anymore. It's just, it's so aggravating. Oh yeah. Overall, overall, I give it a five out of 10 because the, and the only reason why you don't get a lower score than that is because the first night was fantastic. I had a blast and then they just shit the bed. They do what WWE does the best and they just shit the bed. So I, I've had enough. I, I just I've never been this frustrated in my entire life. And, and the and the and you know you're entitled to have your own opinion. That's fine. But these people that are like, well, we needed to have Roman Reigns win again. Cody would have been booed out of the building five. Who cares? No one's paying attention to Roman Reigns right now. So it, it wouldn't have made a bit of a difference. At least we would have had something fresh. But because he's the Dwayne The Rock Johnson's cousin and he's related to him, we got to keep the title on him. And that kind of that kind of mediocrity, I do not like. It'd be one thing if he earned it, but he's being given this run because he's the he's the, he's related to The Rock, and that pisses me off. So if if oh, they're man. not gonna put effort in it anymore, I'm not going to either. So I'm just done with it. I've had enough. Right, and they did it at SoFi Stadium too, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm talking about. The first night was good because you had Becky G do the national anthem. Like I was telling you, that girl had some pipes, boy. She, oh uh, yeah, she, yeah, she can sing. So, 
I didn't know about her until the 2017 Power Rangers movie. Neither did I. So I, I was didn't like, know she was a singer either. Yeah. So I was like, oh, she's pretty cool. And I looked her up, and I was like, why the hell does she have millions of Instagram followers? And I was like, oh, she's she's a singer. She's got a music career on her own. Like she doesn't need this acting gig. Like she's just like doing it for fun. Like she's she's pretty set. Did you hear? Like I guess her fiance cheated on her recently. What I'm an like, idiot! I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? How the fuck do you cheat on Becky G? What an idiot! <laughs> what like, an idiot! Yeah, like holy shit, bro! Like I don't understand it. It's like um, what's in it? Oh, um, who's that other? Uh, Emily Ratajkowski. She's like a she's like a really uh famous. Oh, model. the supermodel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Her husband uh cheated on her. I'm like, how the fuck do you cheat on a supermodel like that? <laughs> I don't know. Ask Eve. Right. Who who I guess dated her for I think date yeah she, he dated her for That's a bit. What I thought I heard yeah that goofy fuck I don't yeah. get it. I, yeah, well, there's something. He's not that funny, so I don't want to hear this comedy because <laughs> he's not funny. He's a fucking goon. Well, it must be his big dick energy. He, he, I was uh, gonna say to Ariana Grande. I look like I fuck. I look like <laughs> I fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, every time that guy scores, like, fucking Kate Beckinsale, I'm like, what the hell? I know, like, what the fuck is going on? Well, what's his name? Got with um, Emily Redakowski. Um Who was that guy? Comedian. Uh, but he was with her for just, just for, like, a quick second, though. <laughs> uh, what's his name? Uh, he's a black comedian, too. Trevor Noah? No, 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 no. The one who was like, who's got a gif or a meme, like, let me in. Like, who's screaming, like, at a, at a gate. I'm trying to remember his name. Not sure. Oh, man. Probably some bum that doesn't deserve it, right? <laughs> I can't think of his name. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> There we go. What's his name? What's his name? Uh, Eric Andre. Eric okay. Andre. Eric Andre dated uh, Emily Redakowski for a for quick like second. Two sec- for, two yeah, seconds. yeah, for two seconds. Hold on. Yep. Let me see. Oh, that goofy looking fuck. Yeah. Yeah. He's even got a he's even got a picture of him like naked and her naked in his like place or something. I'm like, damn, okay. <laughs> I guess being a funny guy, he 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 pays off. <laughs> I guess but these guys aren't funny. They're fucking right? stupid. Or they just say I'm a comedian. And yeah, that gets, and they just, gets anybody, them in. Can, anybody can put the C like I'm a comedian and I guess, like, speaking of non-comedians, that's another person as we're going toward the end. That's another person that was there at WrestleMania. He was the narrator, the 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 bargain bin 99-cent store hobbit. Kevin Hart was there. Really? <laughs> God, that pissed me off. <laughs> I think I, I he's the only person I hate more than John Cena. <laughs> Talk about unfunny. Oh, like, man. Well, of course, it's in Hollywood, so. Oh, yeah. He's like, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna be there. 
<laughs> yeah, there were a bunch of people there tonight and last night. So right, right. I mean, Stephen Amell was there. Oh wow! Al, oh yeah, Al Michaels, the football uh, commentator, was there. Of course, Freddie Prince Jr. Was <laughs> oh there. yeah, because you know <laughs> he's got to be at every live wrestling show now. Right. So there was a lot of celebrities there. I was I was impressed with how many celebrities actually showed up. Yeah. No, I'm not because, like you said, it was in Hollywood. So yeah, it's it's like it's right there in their backyard. So they're like, yeah, I'll, I'll go, I'll be and there. And it's the Super Bowl of wrestling. So like, yep, yep. Fuck WrestleMania. That's what I said. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I was surprised when I, when I saw the ad and they said in Hollywood. I'm like, oh, oh shit, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's been like the last one they did in LA was WrestleMania 21, if I'm not mistaken. Oh damn, and they're on going on 40 now, so it's wow. been a while since they went to Los Angeles. Yeah, the Hollywood. Yeah. Right. Uh, yep. Well, that's pretty much the show. Yeah. That's pretty much the show. It's been fun. Uh, I want to want to say thank you to all our listeners and followers. If you're not following us on Spotify, please make sure you tap on that follow button so you can be alerted whenever there's a new episode. Uh, or you can also subscribe on, uh, I think, Apple Podcasts. Um, but yeah, feel free to leave us a voice message or a comment here and there. Let us know what you guys uh uh, what what your guys' thoughts are on the latest of the Mandalorian, or whether it's the Bad Batch or any of the movies we've discussed, like uh, Tetris and Knock at the Cabin, or let even WrestleMania. About Picard. yeah, please tell us about WrestleMania and let us know how you feel about Picard too. Yeah, there you go. Because I know I can't be the only one on the ship like excited that there's actually good Picard. It only took two and a half seasons, but hey, we're here. Hey, yeah, exactly. Fucking losers. <laughs> it's one of those. Hey, it's it's gonna get better. It's gonna get better. You gotta keep watching. I don't know the new the new oh. announcements they made, and Kurtzman stole one of my ideas that I was working on for Starfleet Academy. So I don't know. It might get worse after this. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh man. But yeah. Um, We've got Dungeons and Dragons out right now, which is apparently doing really well. It's number one at the box office. I'm I really want to see that. I need to see John Wick four. I'd like to see Air as well, uh, with Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, and uh, a bunch of other uh, talented actors. And we've also got Super Mario uh, dropping. What is that? That's this week, April fifth. What? Yes. Already? Yes. And that's why oh, I'm saying, like, it's not even the full-on summer movie season yet. And yet we're, we're getting these movies that are, like, on the tier of summer blockbusters. And I'm like, holy shit, slow down. <laughs> like, I know, damn, seriously. Yeah. I need to see John Wick, and now I got to see Dungeons & Dragons because I've heard nothing but across the board, even from non-critics, great things about it. Yeah. That it's just a good, fun time at the movies. Yep. And so, apparently it's it harkens back to, like, the the – action adventure comedies of like the 80s and 90s so i'm like yeah shit. the yeah. director said they had a lot of princess bride in mind when they were working on it 
Well, that's cool. I was like, oh, why did you have to say that? Now I got to go see it. Yeah, and supposedly, because, yeah, they had the fan screen, advanced fan screenings a week or two ago, and the early buzz also was that Hugh Grant was getting a lot of laughs as well. Yeah, I heard I'm he like, chews oh, up a lot of scenes. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I can't. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, oh, shit, okay. So, yeah, definitely interested in checking that out. So, anyway, that's pretty much it. Thank you guys for listening. Stay yep. safe out there. Uh, oh, just wait till June because we're going to be stacked in June. Oh, we're, shit. We're going to be getting Transformers, Rise of the Beasts. Oh, we're going to be getting Spider-Verse. We're going to be getting the fucking Flash. Yeah. Fucking Michael Keaton is going to fucking beat up Ezra Miller. <laughs> I'm going to choke you, bitch. And supposedly Ben Affleck's best Batman performance yet, according to him. That's what he said. Like, he finally... Okay. Figured- Figured out how to play for the five minutes that he's in there. I'm like, fuck it, <laughs> hey, dude. And I'm like, of course. You're in and there then, for 10 minutes. It's my best work yet. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're going to get Indiana Jones. And I was thinking about it. I was like, shit, man. We do need Indiana Jones back. Because fuck, Indiana Jones needs to fucking beat up the fucking Nazis. Because there's fucking Nazis out there. Yeah. And I fucking hate Nazis. So fuck yeah. We got, <laughs> we got Batman and Indiana Jones and fucking Flash. Strangling motherfuckers. So we gotta beat up the flash too. <laughs> but yeah. Thank you guys for listening. See y'all again. Stay safe Bye. out there. Bye.